You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, January 6th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, which is a daily podcast, we post new episodes Monday through Friday throughout the season and most of the off season. please subscribe to it. We will send new episodes to your device each morning as they are posted. You'll get them automatically. And also leave this show a good review. That helps us out. It is Wednesday, which means it's time for our weekly mailbag show. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. I will get to as many of them as I can. And as always, if I cannot get to your question, please feel free to send it for next week's mailbag. Our first question, unsurprisingly, deals with the coaching search. John, two years ago, going into the coaching search, I think most fans agreed that Adam Gase was the worst possible outcome. Is there any coach the Jets could hire that would upset you as much as when they hired Gase? And it depends on how broad the parameters uh, you're talking about here, because, yes, theoretically, the Jets could make a hire like Bill O'Brien or Matt Patricia or you know somebody really bad like that. But those guys are probably not going to be candidates. So I think you have to go to the universe of people who are plausible candidates. And there is one that's come up, a guy who is getting head coaching buzz and a guy who is a very, very familiar name to Jets fans, and that is. Brian Schottenheimer, who is the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator. He was the Jets offensive coordinator from 2006 through 2011, both under Eric Mangini and Rex Ryan. He stayed aboard. The rumors always been that the John, that Woody Johnson strongly encouraged Rex Ryan to keep Brian Schottenheimer as his offensive coordinator. And Rex Ryan, a couple of years earlier, had lost out on the head coaching job of the San Diego Chargers because the Chargers wanted him to hire Ted Cottrell as his defensive coordinator, and he refused. So the rumor has always been that Rex hired Schottenheimer under the recommendation of ownership because he had lost the San Diego job years earlier for not doing the same thing. But Schottenheimer, I mean, anybody who was a Jets fan in those days, I know lots of people have just become Jets fans over the last decade, so you may not remember the Brian Schottenheimer days, but Brian Schottenheimer was an awful offensive coordinator. Brian Schottenheimer then went on to coach with the Rams as their offensive coordinator. He went to the University of Georgia. And wherever Brian Schottenheimer has gone in his career, bad offenses have followed, bad play calling has followed, a reluctance to to adopt the latest trends in football has followed, and coaches get fired. Now, sometimes Schottenheimer's not there as the coach gets fired, but he's contributing to the coach's downfall. You know, he's, he's making people less positive on the head coach he works for. And then what happened? He went to Seattle, and he got to work with Russell Wilson. You know, it would be a sign that the Jets have learned literally nothing in the last two years if they hired Brian Schottenheimer, because... Brian Schottenheimer is lucky to work with Russell Wilson the same way Adam Gase was lucky to work with Peyton Manning. So if the Jets hired Brian Schottenheimer, it would be the exact same thing. That would be my answer. That would be in the reason I bring him up is because you are hearing him get coaching. But there, there are, there's buzz that he's going to get some head coaching interviews this year. 
And whoever, whatever team hires him, tough to feel bad for you because you you should know what you're getting yourself into. Next question, and it is a timely question emailed from Cullen. John, are you fearful that the Jets will hire Brian Schottenheimer? I know I am. As I said with the first question, I would be very angry. I would be as negative towards that hire as I was when the Jets hired Adam Gase. Am I fearful the Jets will hire Brian Schottenheimer? Not really. And maybe I'm giving the Jets too much credit, but I don't think Joe Douglas is going to make that hire. I think if it was up to the Johnsons, I'd be wor- I'd be more worried. If it was an- another search led by Christopher Johnson, where he's just taking, you know, where you know maybe Joe Douglas was assisting him, I might be a little worried about that because this was again this was the guy who hired Adam Gase because Adam Gase worked with Peyton Manning. Brian Schottenheimer having success with Russell Wilson may make people incorrectly assume that Brian Schottenheimer is a good coach. I don't think Joe Douglas is going to go in that direction. I'm not sure. There are no obvious ties between Brian Schottenheimer and Joe Douglas. And again, maybe I'm giving Joe Douglas too much credit. Maybe we will be here in two to three weeks and I will be angry and we'll have another bad coaching hire. But I just get the feeling the Jets are going to go in a different direction here. So it would be a horrible hire. I don't think it's going to be the higher, though. I think the Jets are going to go in another direction. So, no, I, I'm not I'm not afraid of that. I think that it, I, I would be it's the kind of it's the kind of hire that would make me very surprised. Next question. Do you feel a new sense of optimism and hope or has the last decade of organizational failure left a bad taste in your mouth? Well, I think everybody's frustrated about the last decade, but I will say that I am probably as optimistic as I've been about the Jets any time in recent memory. And if you think back to the summer before the, the season began, we talked about this a lot. And I remember we even did some crossover shows with our friends from the AFC East. We had Joe Marino from Locked On Bills, Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots, and Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. We did some roundtable shows during the off season, And there was kind of a universal sentiment that... This season was going to be a rough one for the Jets, but the future could be pretty bright because you've got multiple first round picks, because you've got a lot of cap space, and because you've got Joe Douglas, a guy who is very respected in NFL circles. As always, disclaimer, we need to see Joe Douglas go out and do the job. It's one thing to get a lot of hype. It's one thing for people to expect you to do well. It's another thing to actually go out and do well. But we knew that this season was going to be rough. I'm not sure we knew it was going to be 2-14 rough. I'm not sure we knew it was going to be 0-13 start rough. But I think we knew it was going to be rough. And during those AFC East roundtables, my fellow AFC AFC hosts said it correctly. The Jets were going to have issues. One, because of personnel, but two, because you had Adam Gase coaching this year. And once you get Adam Gase out of here, and once you allow Joe Douglas to start to use this cap space things can get better, and, and those draft picks, things can get better really quickly. So I have to say, I, I am excited about the future of the Jets. Of course, there are never any guarantees, but I feel a lot better than I did two years ago. You know, two years ago this time, people were talking about the Jets, and they were talking about how Mike McCagnum was going to use the cap space. I was not buying any of it. You may remember if you were here two years ago, I was not buying any of it. I felt that the Jets were making a lot of big mistakes. I felt that their approaches were really, really wrong. 
I don't feel that this, this time. I feel like, and part of my optimism goes back to Monday's press conference where I don't want to read too much into a press conference, but for the first time, Chris Johnson began to say the right things. And maybe it took these two miserable years under Adam Gase for him to learn that his way of doing things was not the right way to do things. Maybe it took this this painful stretch of losing for him to understand that he needed to change his ways. And we heard some promising things. What they're looking for in a head coach. The fact that Joe Douglas is going to be running the search. The fact that he's considering putting Joe Douglas in charge of football operations instead of ownership running everything. These are some encouraging things. So I have to say this. I can never guarantee you anything with 100% certainty. I'm not going to go out here make bold claims about the Jets definitely winning Super Bowls going forward, but it's been a long time since I've been this encouraged about the direction of the franchise. Now they have to go out and do it. They have to go out, get the right players. They have to go out, win some games in the years to come. But my frustration over the last few days has gone down quite a bit, and my optimism has gone up. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited-time collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NFL locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. And while we're talking about Locked On Bets, this is Locked On Jets, and it is our weekly mailbag show. Our next question, how do you think... The, this unusual college year will impact the draft. Last season, we got a full year of tape plus the combine, if I remember correctly. This year, there were lots of good prospects who opted out. Do you anticipate any big risers or fallers based on the shortened season and possibly a lack of the combine? Do you think NFL teams were more diligent about scouting games? And I have kind of a, a standard answer whenever there's a major change to any process in the NFL. It's the kind of thing that separates the good teams from the bad teams. The good teams will figure things out, and the bad teams will be left behind. So this, this is the kind of year where you really learn how good your scouting department is. And I think that if the Jets have built a good front office under Joe Douglas, lots again, lots of people respect the people who have been brought in. I think that it's an opportunity. You know, this... The college season did take place for the most part this year. Most of, I think, all of the major conferences played, which was kind of up in the air. So if you had a situation where some of the major conferences did not play, things would be even more turbulent. But because most of them, now there were some smaller conferences, some some schools that where they did not play this year. A guy like Trey Lance, who plays at a small school, who is viewed as a potential first-round quarterback prospect. I think they only played one game this year, and it was really a cha- it was really only played to so to showcase him for NFL teams. A guy like that, you know, it becomes more of a wild card. But I think that ultimately, whenever there's a change, whenever there's a major change, the good teams figure it out and the bad teams don't. So I think ultimately that's the, that's going to be the the major impact there. Next question. 
On Todd McShay's podcast, he seemed very confident that Joe Douglas will trade down from number two to acquire more picks. He knows Joe Douglas personally. How good would you feel about that strategy? I'm still figuring out how I feel about what the Jets should do, and that Sugar Bowl was one heck of an impressive performance by Justin Fields. I mean, that was everything you want in a quarterback, but it's one game. So I think you know Justin Fields still has one game against Alabama. Let's see how he does. I think that it's more likely than not that the Jets will draft a quarterback, and that's just kind of me using my common sense here. But there are some people out there who think it's a total lock, and I'm not sure I agree with that. I'd say the odds, I'm just, just a guess, no insider information. I guess probably somewhere between 60 and 70%. Again, I'm not giving you insider information. I'm just making an educated guess. I do think there's a better chance than a lot of people realize, though, that the Jets could trade down. And I think it would be unpopular. I think a lot of fans would be upset about it because it would be a sign that maybe the playoffs were not realistic this year. And even if you don't get the playoffs, when you draft a quarterback, it, there's there's something exciting about having a rookie quarterback. It's something that brings you optimism for the offseason. But I'm not sure it's – I'm sorry – not, not the offseason. It brings you optimism for the season ahead. But I don't think it's necessarily the wrong move to trade down from this standpoint. Let's think about the last couple of young quarterbacks the Jets have brought in here who were drafted in the early rounds. And let's forget about Christian Hackenberg, who never played. But you think about Sam Darnold. You think about Geno Smith. You think about the last couple of years of Mark Sanchez. There was a common theme in those years. The Jets built horrible teams around them. Who knows whether Mark Sanchez or Geno Smith or Sam Darnold could have ended up better if they had a better supporting cast. The Jets put those guys in situations where pretty much no young quarterback was going to be able to succeed. You, they were put in situations where pretty much any young quarterback was going to be crushed. So I, I can't say it's necessarily the worst idea, even though it would generate a lot of criticism from the media. I think a lot of fans would be upset about it because you take away a lot of optimism about this coming year if you don't have a rookie quarterback to get excited about. But I'm not sure it's the worst move for team building because Jets need to build up this roster. And I, don't, and I think that there is an argument to be made that you build the team up first and then you try and find the quarterback. And you have to remember that there is some uncertainty about future years at the quarterback position, but presuming you trade down, you might be able to get more picks for future years, which could be currency to move up for a quarterback that you really like. I know it would not be the, the idea everybody loves, but there's an argument to be made that it would be sound team building. We are arriving at the college football championship game, and the NFL playoffs are coming as well. And there's only one place that has you covered, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's one word, no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your sportsbook experts. Locked on Jets podcast here on this Mailbag Wednesday show. Our next question is actually about the podcast. What will the schedule be for the podcast this offseason? Obviously, you won't be doing game recaps on Mondays and previews on Thursdays and Fridays. And you are correct. So during the offseason, the schedule tends to be less structured than it is during the season. During the season, you typically have a game recap Monday, 
Tuesday is kind of a wild card day. Wednesday we do the mailbag. Thursday is the crossover show with the host from the other team's Locked On show. And then Friday is a game preview. In the offseason, it kind of depends on the week. You know, once we get to free agency, we're going to be talking free agency nonstop. Once we get to the draft, it'll be a full week of draft coverage. Aside from that, you know, it, it depends. Depends on the week. We may, we'll have some guests in here. I think we'll probably bring back the Listener Spotlight series. So if you want to appear on that, let me know. Uh, it's But it's much less structured. We'll continue to do the mailbag show. I'm not sure whether we're going to keep the mailbag on Wednesday or move it back to Thursday for the off season. I'm, I'm still thinking that one over. So we'll have one weekly mailbag a week. But aside from that, it just depends on the week. It depends on, on the availability of s- certain guests. It depends on my schedule. But it's going to it's not going to be as structured as you get during the regular season. Our next question, John. He might not be a popular name, but what are your thoughts on Marvin Lewis as a head coach? Oh, I wish you had not asked me that because I'm going to have a lot of people upset upset with me for what I'm about to say. I want to preface this by making it clear Marvin Lewis is not my first choice. He's not the guy I want. And there are some pretty major flaws with Marvin Lewis. He's not great at game management, and you cannot ignore his record in the playoffs. But I do feel like people look at his record in the playoffs and think it's the only part of his coaching career, and they kind of ignore some of the positive things. You have to acknowledge that when he took over the Bengals, the Bengals were a Jets-level laughing stock, and he won a lot of games with them. You know, he made the playoffs a number of times. I know he lost in those playoffs, but he made the playoffs a number of times. He hired good coordinators. He successfully developed two quarterbacks. There are some positives. This is, you know, people act like this guy's a laughing stock, and he's a credible NFL head coach. Again, I'm not telling you Marvin Lewis is my guy. Marvin Lewis is not the guy I want. But I do feel like people are a little bit too critical of him. Yes, the playoff record matters, but so does so does the other stuff. So does the success. And the other thing I would say is that. Just because you've lost in the playoffs in the past does not guarantee you will continue to lose in the playoffs in the future. There, every single coach who could not win the big one has that label until they actually win the big one. So, you know, not my favorite candidate, but probably not a guy who deserves as much negativity as he gets. That's my opinion on that. Next question. Hoping you can explain all the fan optimism for a punter who ranked 28th in gross yards per punt, 27th in net, and last in percentage of punts inside the 10. Man was a travesty out there all year, and we have people calling it a good draft pick. I'm also for spending a late-round pick on a great punter, but this guy ain't it. That is a great question. I, you know, I thought it was a good pick at the time. You're right. Braden Mann was not that good this year. And there, was a lot of, there are a lot of people talking about him like he was good. You make a very good point. Now, I would say that Lachlan Edwards also struggled his rookie year and turned into a quality punter. So it's not unheard of for a rookie punter to struggle and then turn into a quality player. But you're absolutely right. It's odd to me how frequently rookie punters or kickers struggle because there are certain positions in the NFL that are very different from what you do in college. But kicking you know, kicking and punting, you're doing the same thing. But it's really tough to... Explain. I you know, you hope Braden Man gets better. I mean, some of it might just be pressure. A couple of years ago, I, I did a fantasy football draft, and 
friend was I was hanging out with a friend, and we were, we were in the same league. It was the year Le'Veon Bell held out with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I remember telling my friend, do not draft Bell. He drafted Bell in the first round. Tried to tell him, tried to warn him. But my friend was going through the list of players, and the last guy on the list, the lowest-ranked player in fantasy that year, according to the provider we were using, I can't remember if we were using ESPN or Yahoo or whatever fantasy football whatever fantasy football source we were using, but the last guy on the list was Roberto Aguayo, who was the guy the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded up to get in the second round and was cut unceremoniously because he could not kick the ball. And my friend goes, wow, Aguayo is the last the last rated player. And I just start going on. I, I'm just like, that guy is the worst kicker in the history of the NFL. Like, I am just tearing Aguayo to shreds. And my friend goes, well, my friend's trying to stop me. But I just won't. I will. I will not c- cease. I just keep going on, going on about how bad Roberto Aguayo is. And my friend finally tells me that he knows Roberto Aguayo. He's friends with Roberto, Roberto Aguayo. So after I go on for ninety seconds about how terrible, how Roberto Aguayo is the worst kicker in the NFL, I realize that my friend knows him. So I ask my friend, "What happened with that guy? Because he was a good kicker in college. You know, there was a reason the Bucks traded up in the second round." And my friend goes, you know, he just couldn't take the pressure. He was a second-round pick, and maybe maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe that's one of the reasons kickers struggle is just the pressure. You know, I don't know. But anyway, to get back to the point, I agree with you. I think Braden Mann has to do a lot better next year. If he doesn't do a lot better next year, Jets may have to look for another punter next offseason. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to it. And please leave it a good review. I hope you have a great Wednesday, everybody, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.